What is up with Alabama? This time on Poll Hub, that's what a lot of people, both inside and outside the state, are asking during this ongoing story of the Republican Senate candidate there who was accused of harassing and assaulting teenage girls 30 years ago when he was in his 30s. Yes, Alabama is one of the most Republican states in the nation, but an alleged pedophile running for Senate and doing well enough in the polls that he could win? There are a lot of polls out there, and they are all over the map right now. So we're going to do an expert dive to try and understand what is up with Alabama. So let's get started. And hi, everybody. This is Poll Hub. I'm Jenny Dapper, Director of Innovation here at the Marist Poll. And I'm Barbara Carvello, Director of the Marist Poll. And I'm Lee Marigoff, Director of the Marist College Institute for Public Opinion. We do this each time like this. This is not a tape of the previous show. It's We're fresh. so good, though, that it sounds it like sounds it's just a tape. like it. So well, should we whistle Dixie, right? <laughs> Maybe not. Alabama is a uh, curious state for all kinds of reasons, in, in good ways, uh, for sure. Um, but it is known as one of the very most Republican states in the nation. So it's not a surprise that a Republican, even a Republican who might have some moral issues or whatever, would be ahead in the polls or would be uh, doing well or would be able to overcome problems. We've seen that across the South. We've seen it in Democratic states in the North where Mm -hmm. Democratic politicians overcome some issues that might sink a candidate elsewhere. But this one seems to take the cake. Judge Roy Moore, who has been accused by numerous women of either harassing or assaulting them when they were teenagers, and he was in his 30s, this was back in the 80s, is uh, refusing to leave the race, even though lots of Republicans want him to leave the race. And uh, there are polls that have been, everybody's been polling down there. They're all over the map. Yeah, yeah. So is he ahead? Is he behind? Is this something that's going to sink him in Alabama? What is going on? Well, the, the polls are messy. I mean, I think there's lots of polls and they're kind of like all over the place. I think your third choice there is probably, you know, <laughs> can he overcome uh, what should be all things considered, not a contest. And now we understand there's going to be exit polls and there's going to be a big doing on and, and December 12th. And there's been talk, you know, maybe they'll move the calendar. Maybe they'll, uh, you know, get sessions to resign from attorney general, get appointed. I mean, there's been so much because this is so critical. It's a seat that nobody thought was going to be contested. And yet the polls are suggesting so let, that let's it assume, is. Yeah, let's assume that the race is going to happen on the 12th. Okay. If people are going to go to the polls, what do we know? a few weeks out from the most recent polls, Robert? Well, there have been a lot of polls, as you indicated. But unfortunately, the problem that we've been having, and we've been having it in pretty much all the states that were even uh, New Jersey, New York City, I mean, those were not competitive races, but there weren't a lot of polls. Virginia was a competitive race, and there are a lot of polls out there that aren't quality polls. And so it's very difficult to figure out what to even make of it. Um, There is one poll um, done by Fox News, um, which actually it probably comes the closest to a poll uh, that has a a good scientific Mm -hmm. methodology. Um, That particular poll has Jones uh, plus eight, Jones right is the, the Democratic Doug, Doug candidate. Jones. Doug Jones, a and guy who in any normal year wouldn't stand a chance, a snowball's chance in, you know, 
H-E-W-L-E in Alabama. Sticks in Alabama. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, and so um, that particular poll, um, the only thing that um, they've been doing differently um, from a traditional scientific methodology is that, again, what we've talked about is that they're using registered-based sampling, which means they're finding households who are people who are registered to vote. We've had, we have seen some problems with that, but usually uh, we've seen that in an undercount of the Democrat because it tends to um, under uh, interview people who are younger, who may not have registered uh, more recently, and um, who who generally aren't necessarily going but to have a phone number so, on the, so on that's the real registration build- list. Real big, you know, kind of question sign here, because if you're talking about a special election and you're doing a sample the way Barb has just described from a poll that's probably the better of all of them, I guess. Uh, oh, it absolutely have is. A good it's, check rec- good track well, record. Well, it has a good track le- record. Um, they're, they're looking specifically at likely voters. Um, they have yeah. also um, interviewed people on landline and cell phone. Yeah. I mean, they really yeah, have. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. The problem is. Who's going to turn out? It's always hard to to identify likely voters. There's no copyright on that. It's always problematic for even good polls. And if you're talking about a special election, well, maybe that's going to have a lower turnout. But then this has gotten so much national attention, maybe that will boost turnout beyond what it was would have normally have been. So we just don't know, and I don't think anybody can... It has been some time since the polls, even the uh, not-great methodological <laughs> polls, have shown more ahead. But I think Lee makes a good point. The more national attention that is focused on this race, um, I think that it then puts a different type of decision on on voters and not thinking about necessarily the character of the two candidates, but what this actually represents nationally and what this represents for the Republican Party. So if you're going in to poll this, and you may still, who knows, NPR or NBC may call and say, let's do this poll. But if you were to go in there, what would you do to try and uh, make up for that or to try and discover the voters who are most likely to go to the polls? Because that does seem, like Lee said, this this is a special special. <laughs> you know, this, well, is, exactly. this is one of the most unique elections. It's more like a primary almost. Yeah, in, in American history in some ways. How do you poll that? What would you guys do? Well, we would also we'd talk to people about uh, – well, first of all, we would try to talk to – adults as a whole. So we don't narrow the, the, um, the, the sample by only talking to people who are on the registration list, which means you could have then registered um, you know, within the past year um, and still be counted so, in so our So the poll. point being that we talked to everybody. We don't use a cutoff model, which some of these polls do. Right. So we you talk, talk to, everybody, to everybody and then... Then we work with And it. then we, we're going to ask them who they support and we're going to ask a little bit about them. For instance, how interested are they? Um, what they consider the likelihood of voting um, on in this election and also if they voted in the past. Now... We're interested in that. I mean, we are interested in whether people have voted in the past, but it, we're not going to build the whole model around Right. That. And interestingly, that's that's the that's the rationale that people use for registered based voting, meaning the using the registration forms, because you can tell um, it's it is recorded whether somebody has registered in a in a 
election, whether they've registered and whether they've voted in a particular election, whether it's a general election or primary election. And so they think that they can model an electorate based on that. Based on what you've seen here, which is uh, polls 10 days ago with more in front Mm -hmm. or close, uh, and now a majority of polls or plurality of polls, whatever, uh, saying that Jones, the Democrat, is now in front. It is still two weeks or three weeks almost before the election day. Considering how much attention this is getting in the national press and in in Alabama, front page of every paper on Sunday in Alabama, don't vote for more. Vote for anybody. Write in. Do anything. Do not vote for more in the three biggest newspapers in Alabama. Is this likely to be a poll, a, a, a race that only the last polls are going to tell you almost I th- I anything? I think there's probably a lot of fluidity in this electorate, a lot of potential volatility. But let's look at what we've got here. We've got a state that Donald Trump carried by 28 points. This is a very, very red state. However, Moore, when he ran for state Supreme Court judge, underperformed Mitt Romney by nine points. He's not a great candidate. He's very flawed. But there's more evangelicals in the state than anywhere else in the nation, and they're backing him. So, boy, do we have a lot of factors going in a lot of different directions here. So these elections uh, tend to be a lot about what is happening in Washington and specifically about the president. So switching gears just a little bit, um, we've been tracking the president's approval rating uh, over the last 11 months, and um, we've talked about this before. But it doesn't seem to change all that much. No, the story does have have a familiar ring to it. We've measured Donald Trump as president 11 times nationally. And in every single poll, his approval rating has been between 35% and 39%. It's very unusual. Presidents typically, you know, have a little glow and bask in the limelight. And, you know, they have a little honeymoon. And then something comes up after a few months. And then numbers go down. And then they rally a little bit if they... This one, you know, locked in early. It's all about his base, and it's been that. He's been feeding the base, and basically he's picking up nothing else. So that's, it's been a very unusual tale. So what is different, though, in this national? I mean, you yeah. went out and you've really dug in and asked a lot of questions about where people yeah. are, are in politics. We've been, doing, we've been doing this for a year. Is there anything different aside from Trump? Put him aside for a second because his popularity doesn't seem to be changing one way or another. What is different in here, or what is moving in terms of the American public and the way tone, they think about politics? Tone, civility, rancor. Well, also, I think the um, the issues, I think one of the things that we see in this poll, and this poll is a little bit different, um, not in terms of its methodology, but in terms of its partners. We did this most recent national poll with NPR and the PBS NewsHour, and although the president's approval rating didn't change, people's impressions of him really didn't change, One of the things we do see is perhaps why, which is we looked at and asked people about tax reform. We asked people about health care. We asked people about the Congress. And what what we're really seeing is that although uh, the president is in step with his base uh, in terms of what he says and also in terms of what he's planning to legislate or request to be legislated— um, that is not in step with what Americans yeah, think. Yeah, it's, it's really an odd situation. And, you know, so what do people think about tax reform? Well, they don't like what the Republicans are doing. What are the Republicans doing? They're going ahead with tax reform. People would, you well, know, but, but, if, but specifically, yeah, but specifically, yeah. we, we actually asked them whether people cuts. wanted a tax cut. Now, yeah. this, isn't, this isn't the proposal and whether they will in fact get a tax cut. That's not what we were talking you just, you about. You just asked them 
Do you want a tax cut? That's like asking, do you want birthday cake? Yeah, I mean, but we, we did put a little caveat <laughs> a little, on it. Little. And we said, if do you want the tax cut if you, it is going to increase the deficit? Do you want do you want a tax cut? Yes. If, if it's going to increase the tax cut. 26% say they do. Uh, they're worried about long-term deficits wow. and national debt and all kinds of things like that. So yet we're moving ahead on that direction in Congress. Health care. People don't like the way they're handling health care. The whole thing with Obamacare that we passed uh, by in the summer and went through. Uh, now we're sort of getting back in there. This got tangled back in with the uh, the tax bill. And people want, you know, to stay the same or more of Obamacare. Oh, not repeal and not less. Only 28 percent uh, of Americans want um, the ACA repealed. Uh, there's much there's a much more support for um, either changing it so that it does yeah. more or just leaving it so, alone. So this point. is a really, I, I mean, the, Washington, you know, if, if Donald Trump was elected on the idea that Washington was out of step with Americans, Washington is incredibly out of step with what Americans want right now. And the other issue is, you know, this whole notion I talked about a little bit before, you know, the tone, the rancor, the civility, people think it's gotten a lot worse. So what are we getting? a lot more rancor and a lot more contentious, tumultuous kinds of things. So again, even in the tonal points, things don't seem to be getting in line with, with, where, with where the public would want. And we're seeing, and you know, th people blame everywhere. And blame there's everywhere. a terrible, I mean, there, the, the brands, the Democrat and Republican yeah. brands really have a significant problem. We asked a similar question this time that uh, the ABC News uh, Washington Post poll had asked just after the 2010 um, uh, midterm elections where uh, President Obama's party got, you know, got rolled. Hammered, yeah. Yes. Um, and, Shellacked. That's and, another good one. I was going to go with that. <laughs> and, um, and, and what they found at that time was that people really thought that the whole tone in Washington and our whole political discourse was incredibly ne negative. In fact, a, th a third, nearly, th well, nearly a third thought that um, the, the tone was actually angry. Mm -hmm. So we ask and, the same question now. now. Well, <laughs> not much has changed in yeah. six years. But what how, has yeah. changed is how people view the parties, the Democrats and the Republicans. Then a majority felt that Democrats, well, they, they, you know, they did attack the other side and sometimes crossed the line, but the majority of people actually thought that the Democrats, you know, were pretty acceptable in their attack. No more. And, and so were the Republicans. You could argue that no more. that's now, exactly yeah. what, what Steve Bannon and the Republicans and Bernie Sanders on the Democratic side really are, are looking, mm. have been looking to do, which is to destroy the party structure that doesn't, that, that doesn't allow for the party leaders, the party bosses, whatever you call it, to, to kind of guide the process. It's not just a it's not just popularity. I mean, if you look at the, the facts on the ground in terms of national politics, has there been a time in the last, I don't know, 100 years where the parties have had less power, well, less uh, uh, opportunity to uh, direct the types of candidates that get um, oh, on the ballot? Not. Surely I mean, not. I mean, I would say that, and Lee, you can put your political scientist hat on. But I thought certainly. you were going to say because I'm so much older and remember <laughs> way back when. That's what I thought well, you were going to say. Yeah, that were... Andrew Jackson and John Quincy Adams, talk to us about that. Heck of a race. Heck of a race. <laughs> but, um, you know, certainly the, the parties 
are probably at their weakest than they have ever been. Um, and I think it, when we're talking about tone and civility, nearly two-thirds of Americans think both Democrats and Republicans have crossed the line when it comes to and attacking more, their opponents. And more say Donald Trump has. So we have this really bad tone, which kind of ties into the season of the year right now. What's the one topic that you don't bring up? That there's two topics you don't bring up at any dinner, but especially not at Thanksgiving: well, politics and religion. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so is that gonna is that gonna fly this year? Well, now you can <laughs> actually have data when somebody brings up the topic because you can now tell them that 58 percent of Americans actually dread the idea that you will talk about politics during Thanksgiving. Yeah, that will cause indigestion, in fact, where the puns will start coming very and it's quickly. Across, it's a cross-party line, so regardless, really, well, Democrats... More so. More so. Than, they find it than, stressful. ...than uh, independents and Republicans, but nobody really wants this to be discussed. And yet, and yet half the country thinks it's going to come up. And, well, uh, I mean, that's because half the country's been to Thanksgiving dinner with Uncle Bob, so, you know. Well, you know <laughs> not my Uncle Bob, but, you, you know. know. it's interesting because I think, um, you know, <laughs> Lee has talked about this, that we, we tend to uh, talk to people, work with people, uh, socialize with people who we have similar views with. But at Thanksgiving, a lot of people travel great distances to be with family and friends. That they don't see very often. And sometimes the reason why we have that distance is not just because of an opportunity or a situation, but because the distance really so, helps. So this strikes me as, as an opportunity. I always like to think that we try and not only inform and, and yeah. provide data and background on, on polls, but occasionally if we can do good, we should do good. So there's a <laughs> bunch of data around how we self-select, like just like what you said, we self-select the people with whom we associate uh, more and more. Increasingly, we isolate ourselves like we don't want to live in a neighborhood that, that has sure. Republicans or Democrats in or whatever. So this is becoming a rarer and rarer occurrence where we are in mixed company. And in mm. this case, it's our family. So maybe since this happens less and less, and there's a lot of research to suggest that's actually part of the increasing polarization, mm -hmm. that's what's mm -hmm. driving it. Is this a way, is there something that we can do at our own tables to try and revive conversation about politics as opposed to screaming, yelling, tweeting, name-calling. Well, recognize that the uh, Uncle Bob uh, may not have, Sorry, may Bob, not have the same viewpoint that you have, and if you want to avoid the rancor, you may want to understand that there's a great divergence of opinion and people are very divided. And I, that's probably a recognition that people have to have when they start down. Uh, I would, I would suggest that we probably focus discussion uh, more on issues and things that we have well, in there common. You go. Um, because I think take that the personalities out of it, yeah, and take the president out of it, take the well, Congress that's the biggest out of personality. It. Of although, although, <laughs> although, certainly, if I think we probably will almost all agree that Congress isn't doing a good job. So, uh, because those numbers are so small, if you end up with someone at the dinner table that thinks they actually are, I think if you're that would be the, pretty yeah, rare. The Schumer family uh, Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm going to guess there's going to be a couple people there who think I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not invited to that. I'm just. Oh, okay. So, so I think I think focusing on our commonalities and the issues, and probably, um, and and probably listening, listening is probably going to uh, make things a little bit easier than actually. And talking. if you disagree with someone, just keep 
pushing the turkey their way and they keep eating and you don't have to listen to as much. Well, then the L tryptophan, they fall asleep. So here, here's my proposal. And, and okay. mom's got to do this or grandma, really. The, I think the matriarch has to do this. There's two things. There's two words we cannot use at this dinner table. One is Donald Trump. The other is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Neither name shall be spoken. Talk about anything. Neither name shall be spoken. Let's do a blessing, say grace, and get into Thanksgiving. What do you think of that? I think that's a great idea, and maybe Thanksgiving will be even a more popular uh, holiday in the, in the future, and we'll have to check that out. And remember, if you want to get all the numbers behind these polls and maybe share them at Thanksgiving dinner, just don't say those those names. You can do that at marispoll.com. We got all the numbers for all these polls. Also, NPR and the PBS NewsHour, of course, do stories around these. So check them out uh, to get some more insight into what these numbers are saying. And that'll do it for this edition of Poll Hub. We're a product of Marist College, Marist Institute for Public Opinion, and Mary Griffith. Our very excellent executive producer, who, believe it or not, will soon be on air. We're going to bring her across the table. I'm going to play executive producer, Mary, and you get to talk about... She looks real happy Talk about about distribution of poll results and what some of the traps are. Anyway, that does it for that. And please send questions to pollhub at maris.edu. We definitely want to hear from you and want to know what you would like to know about what we do. And follow us on social or on Facebook. We're on Snapchat, we're on Twitter, we're everywhere you want to be, at Maris Poll. And, of course, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast. And Lee, one more thing. Be safe during the holidays. Oh, that's good. And enjoy your turkey and cranberries. Barbara, anything? Any last words? Unless you're not eating turkey, which oh. is the case, too. <laughs> oh, but yeah. that's okay. Our vegetarian and vegan friends. I That was actually, that's a good point. So uh, en- good enjoy, point. enjoy the holiday. Hope your football team wins. Yeah, there you go. And uh, we'll have see a, you next have time. Have a good week. <laughs>